This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Looks at me is Ricky Wilmer. What's up? What's up? Dave Oster. Yeah, I'm going to save you this week. Not doing it. I love you, Dave. I love you so much. Thanks for coming to the good side. Uh, anyways, this week we're going to be talking about LeBron James finally signing with the Cleveland Cavalier- Cavaliers. Three years, $100 million. Then he's also we're also going to be jumping into the NBA schedule that was released. We'll be previewing it, what games we like, what games we don't like, what we're excited for, what we kind of see in this season. And then we're going to wrap it up talking about the top top 30 point guards in the NBA. We're going to be power ranking them. There's also going to be an article to go along with them. So hope you join us uh, through the whole thing. And if you're listening to us on Blog Talk Radio, welcome. We are finally now on Blog Talk Radio. This is our second episode that's being posted. So again, welcome to uh, Blog Talk Radio. And if you're on SoundCloud or if you're on YouTube and you want to check out the full podcast, we're going to be officially moving over to Blog Talk Radio uh, on October 1st. So we're going to be no longer on SoundCloud uh, our full podcasts are no longer going to be on SoundCloud. They're all going to be on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, our podcasts are still going to be separated on YouTube, though. So if you're still on YouTube, nothing changed. You could also check out uh, the video we did on our YouTube channel about this. But anyways, let's jump into the action. Let's jump into the podcast here. LeBron James finally signs with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Three years, $100 million. What does this mean for the NBA? Uh, I mean, for the NBA, the big thing I was thinking coming into this was I thought he would take... Like, okay, here's my year, and then let me get my... Like, it's the same thing with Russell Westbrook that I had. I'm just going to take the year now and then cash in basically next year instead mm-hmm. of taking, what is it, two years, and then he gets the opt-out clause after that second year? Yeah, he's That's got correct, yeah. two years and then a player option for the third. So, I mean, he's basically coming into it after that second cap bubble already pops. Yeah, and, and this, this contract also makes LeBron James, uh, this the, the first year he's going to make $31 million, so that's yep. going to make him the highest player in the uh, highest paid player in the NBA. That's the first time he's ever been the highest paid player. And then in 2017, he's going to be making $33 million. That's going to be the, the highest ever since Jordan made $33 million, uh, in the 1997 season. Does this shock you? And it, 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 does it shock you? I mean, not really, because it, it, he is the best player in the NBA. Absolutely shocks me. But does it shock you that he did take this this money? Yeah, I mean, especially with the fact that they haven't, you know, signed J.R. Smith yet. So I don't know what, where J.R. Money is going to come from, but uh, look, LeBron deserves it. We all we all know it. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of was a matter of time. It, it I don't know, bugs me weirdly that like, you know, the the middle to very good guys are getting you know, oh, mm-hmm. most played player of the year, like Mike Connolly, like yeah. was up to this point, and we all well, were pretty sure that wasn't going to stand. But it's like, okay, you're getting paid because of money. Mm-hmm. in timing but not necessarily because you're the best and you deserve that much money mm-hmm. lebron outright i mean if there wasn't a cap it would just be give lebron all your money basically well, and i'm gonna go on the other side it doesn't surprise me that he's taking this much money because before when he goes to miami it's you know what i'm gonna take less money than i believe i'm owed because i want to play with d wade i want to play with bosh i want to win my first title then he comes back to Cleveland. Oh, I may not be the highest paid player, but I just want to win a championship for Cleveland. Guess what? That championship is over. Now give me my money. That's that's what it is. It's I won you the championship. No one's got to talk anymore about LeBron bringing a championship home. I did. All the pressure's now, off. Yeah, now I can be the highest paid player and not have to worry about who's on my team. I think I think I agree with that. I think I think I can see that. And plus, it's not like he's worrying about who's on his team. He's still got Caleb. He's well, still got Kyrie Irving. I know J.R. Yeah. Smith is a huge well, piece kind, of that. But it's still. different because last year it's like, okay, let me take this much less so that we can re-sign this guy, re-sign mm-hmm. that guy. 
now he can just say, no, give me my money, then I'll let you figure out everything else because I already got the championship for Cleveland. And I feel like mm. he should be doing that. I mean, again, he is the best player in the NBA, has been the best player since about, what, 2005, mm-hmm. 2006? Yeah. Around there, probably, probably you know, Kobe would be in that discussion yeah, as well. Yeah, say Kobe throwing down still, but, yeah. you know. But, I, I, you know, LeBron has been the best player in the NBA at least from 2010 and on, and he is the king for the for a reason. And, and it's, it's finally good to see the top player in their sport be paid the highest because you usually don't see that in sports. I mean, probably outside of baseball, it's the only sport that doesn't play. Like well, baseball, it seems like you get that big contract and then they just stop trying. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a little Albert Pujols jab because fuck Pujols. He also got older though. Yeah, but do you, still, do you think a- LeBron would... gained the giant contract? It's every time you get those giant contracts, it's like all of a sudden you start to see performance go down. Are you concerned about that for LeBron? I was about think to he's say, gonna take a slack year. I was about to ask that. Are you worried about LeBron kind of taking a slack year? But not wow. even. Kind of. I'm <laughs> not. I'm not at all. Is this the year he gets injured? No. 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 LeBron. LeBron's untouchable. Like knocking on wood for Cleveland fans. D- does cramping count? Does cramping count Ooh, as an injury? To carry, carry him off the court. <laughs> Get that boy some Gatorade. See, it, it, again, I mean, Powerade contract. Yeah, no. Powerade. <laughs> it doesn't. Guys su- think. Guys think those sponsorships. Man. Yep. It doesn't surprise me that uh, LeBron's taking this money, and and it's obviously worth it if if he can stay healthy. I think which he might he has. play less games though this year. I think he might kind of get, might... get a little more rest in because he he now does have that kind of you know monkey off his back. They got their championship, and now it's a question of okay, can we repeat it with the same guys? And they've kept for the most part mm-hmm. the same guys. Actually, you know, adding in or, or letting Delhi go and picking up Dunleavy, I think that's a clean exchange. Mm-hmm. Dunleavy that that spot up shooting, and he is just as dirty of a player as Delvadova was. So I, I like it. I think that's a good matchup. And losing Mozgov too, as well. Yeah, but huge loss with Mozgov. Dude, the, dude rode the bench so hard in the finals, man. Anyway, that bench <laughs> is going to get cold. But yeah, I think I think LeBron will probably like play like seventy games. Do you think they'll kind of do the Tim Duncan experience where they, not not that not much. not as much yet? But you think he'll play around seventy? Yeah, play the full eighty-two. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to full eighty-two this year. The question is, Jr. Though. Well, that's what, was, that's what I was going to bring yeah, up. How does this affect? Thing. Yeah, how does this affect the Cavs? I mean, does with this this cap does this affect the Cavs that much? I think it may. It may affect them to where it's like, okay, well, you know what, Jr. Here's how much money you're going to have to take, and it may come down to Jr. saying, no, no, I'll get more money somewhere else. You guys aren't that cool. Can he? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there may be a team that's like, hey, you know what? Here, we'll take him just because he did well. I think his best bet. But Jared bet- sat out as a free agent for long periods of time, mm-hmm. and no one's actually even thrown off. So he did the same thing last year. His best, Nobody wanted him. His best bet is going, if like if I was him, whatever contract Cleveland offers, I take it. Because this is the first time, like you mentioned, Dave, this is the first time in his career where it's kind of like he's found a home to me. Yeah. Where with the Knicks, he was never really... At home, it always felt like, okay, he's playing to get that next big deal. With this one, it's like, yeah, you may say, like, oh, well, he's just riding LeBron's coattails to a championship. But it's the first place where it's like, hey, you know what? He fits in, and this is the team he has a role. where he belongs. Yeah. He, yeah. he does fit well with the Cavs, but, I mean, still, you wouldn't want a player who's scoring 20, uh, 12 off the bench. He's shooting 40, 41% from the field and 40% from three. I mean, teams want three-point shooting, and he's obviously shooting per- efficiently there. And the thing that the stats don't tell you is when that guy goes on a heater— he just drops it. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. He can go lights out shooting. 
Even, even in like inopportune times when they're like, hey, like uh, two years ago in the final series when he just started dropping threes like left and right oh. when the game was over. And we saw it this year too. I mean, he even shot 43% from three in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. he improved his, his numbers. You don't think a team would want that? Oh, I, I would fucking say, Tony Snell, you're gone right now and we're going to find a way to but get you But you have to put up with the shirtless, you know, and... We got Ray. We got oh. Ray Rondo on this team. Let's just bring the reality show here to Chicago. I hire, I, where's Lance Stevenson at? Can we get yeah, him? Yeah, we gotta get him too. Like, Jesus, Jared oh. has. Some, I think Jared, like, like you guys said, he found his comfort zone in Cleveland. Those are the, those are his guys. And LeBron and, kept him in check. Yeah, LeBron, Kyrie, kind of keep him in check so he doesn't get like you said that he had to deal with the shirtlessness. That was after they already won. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he was, was just after they won like crazy. I don't think he was sober for about I mean, a month. What when his kid on uh, national TV? I'm just surprised he didn't get thrown off the team. <laughs> yeah, that was that's pretty good. <laughs> Do you think the Cavs are still going to make the finals? Are, are they still? I mean, I, even without Jr. I mean, this is kind of an absurd question, but do you do you still think this makes them? Are they They're still, still favorites? favorites in the East? Yeah. The yeah. Eastern Conference Finals for sure. Finals. I'm not quite sure if I can lock them in yet. In yeah. the finals? Yeah, I'm not quite. The, What's making you maybe hesitant a for the? Ni- I'm going to say 90 percent chance they get back to the finals. Who who you knocking them off potentially? I there could be like I'm to me I'm looking at I want to see how Boston and how Toronto do this season because they could be that they're the 10 percent chance of could someone knock them off? Not Indiana. Indiana may be good regular season, second best team record wise, but in the playoffs, I don't think they're going to do anything right right now. They that's could have I interesting matchup wise. They brought in a lot of veteran talent, so I think they could take anybody deep in a series. And, and you got a guy like Paul George. I mean, and I know LeBron's in a complete separate category, but if you're talking about best small forwards, I mean, Paul George easily in the top five. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you got a guy that might be able to match up with with LeBron there and Paul George. What do you think this means for future contracts for LeBron? Is this his last big payday, or do you think he will? I think he's. Uh, I think this is setting up for Team Banana Boat. Uh, this is all about him and his friends pairing up in the next couple of it years. Is, well, it is, and I gotta. I'm gonna throw it <laughs> Go out. Go ahead there. and unleash the tinfoil hat theory because well, it was no, beautiful. No, 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 I'm not gonna. Like, oh, okay, so <laughs> Sean, I'm gonna take this from you. Sean sent both me and Dave a Reddit, Reddit article, yeah. and. It basically set up the perfect situation for Mello, CP3, D-Wade, LeBron, all coming to the Bulls. And I remember I was sitting there with Brandon when I read it, and I read it to him, and I'm like, why Why am I smiling? I know this ain't going to happen. Why am I smiling? There's zero chances happening, but it's a fun race. However, there's a part of me that's like, there's some team that's going to get this. No. Yes. You I, think LeBron will leave Cleveland in, in two years? Could be Cleveland. Do you think he will leave? It could be Cleveland. I think that they're... You think they'll give up Kyrie and K-Love to bring I, this in? I would give up okay. K-Love in a heartbeat. I'm Kyrie saying, probably still, yeah. All I'm saying is, really? in the past, these five have been like, hey, we'd like to play with each other. They're not getting any younger. Yeah, so they're all going to be the free agents career. at the same time. So, okay. Pat Riley, get it done. All right, let me let me, <laughs> <laughs> let, let me let me let me fill people in. Okay, so LeBron has the the player three, uh, the year three player uh, option. D- option. So D Wade's contract is for two years with a player mm-hmm. option for the second. He will accept his second year and hit free agency in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron will decline his player option for the third year. He will become a uh, uh, free agent in 2018. Chris Paul has a player option for 2017. He'll Likely accept it. Then he becomes a free agent. Free agent in 2018. Carmelo has an early player, uh, early termination player option for 2018. 
He'll decline it. Then he'll become a free agent in 2018. All four of them will be a free agent at the time. Then the, this guy uh, on r slash Chicago Bulls is saying that uh, Jimmy Butler will be on contract and Robin Lo- Lopez will be on contract and then Valentine Portis and Grant under contracts. That's five players, $43 million off the cap. Just get Cap's a couple ring like chasers and we got ourselves a team. Cap's most likely going to be 130 So then LeBron gets $20 million per two years. Paul gets $20 million per two years. Melo gets $20 million <laughs> well, per two years. Wade gets $20 million per two years. You're forgetting the key piece. James Jones is going to be on that team. Because he follows he LeBron wherever yeah. he goes. But I'm going to throw in another. I mentioned Pat Riley. That could be another tinfoil hat series of, could you just picture it? After some years where D-Wade's out, Pat Riley doing the right thing, bringing D-Wade back home with his buddies to win another title in Miami? You think that team could win a title? Titles? Oh, yeah. You yeah. think Melo in two years, D-Wade in two years, and yeah. Chris Paul in Yeah, Team Old Man yeah. could win a title. You think Team Old Man could win yeah. a title? Yeah. Are you, Absolutely. Are you serious? They have a chance. Yeah. 110%. They have a chance to win a title. Okay. Will they? I probably not. not D-Wade will be 36, true. two years more on the, these knees. If Mel- he goes to Germany and gets that uh, knee stuff that Kobe had done, <laughs> I got no problem with that. Kobe comes back, rides the bench. <laughs> no. Chances that this happens. Chances that the Team Banana... Negative banana 40%. Negative 40%. I think it would be amazing to see, though. Ricky? I'm going to say 20%. Right now, sitting 20%. It's, it's pretty, pretty high. It's a viable option. I think it's... I'm leaning I mean, more towards it's going to happen. The thing is, it serious? is possible yeah. to happen. So it can. It is possible. Well, I, the reason why but I'm saying it? I think it's really... Like, to me, 20% is like, it's really going to happen. Is because <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, they're going to be towards... A lot of them are going to be towards the end of their time in the NBA. It's well, D-Wade be like, will be. It's going to be like... Chris Paul will be around 33. It's so going to be... They're all going to be sitting in Bermuda or fucking Jamaica or wherever they go in the off season. They're all going to be sitting there on that boat going... Where do we go? Let's give it one. Let's give it one year. We I've always wanted to play together. Oh let's fucking do it. And basically, you know how we had the KD meetings where it's like, yeah, you got to go meet with one. No, no, no. You're meeting with all four of them. We're having a four-person meeting with teams. Because that way, it would set up for Space Jam 2. <laughs> oh, my God. Think about it. Are they the monsters? The Are they the monsters? No, no, the monsters come back. And, and they, just, have to they only have to take us. one team instead okay. of taking you know people from all around the league. <laughs> okay. They only got to go to one team. Okay, so Chicago. Uh, I, I, Bill Murray fits there. LeBron or, or Le, Michael, Michael already fits there. So you got those two off the bench. So then you got a, a starting lineup of Chris Paul, LeBron, D-Wade, Carmelo, and Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Who's playing the five? Isn't it Rolo? Rolo would play the five. You're going to push Jimmy? D-Wade would come off the bench. He'd be old enough. Uh, yeah, the, the starting lineup would more be... <laughs> okay, here's what the starting lineup would be. It'd be more CP3, Jimmy Butler at the 1-2. You've got uh, fucking LeBron or Melo at the 3, whatever one. The, the other one at the 4, and then Rolo at the 5. D-Wade's your sixth man of the year. God <laughs> damn it. This is terrible. This is awful. And Anyways. then Valentine, Valentine and right, let's uh, get back. Just, just kill it. Dougie. Let's get Ugh. back on track. All right, all right. James will, LeBron, will LeBron win another title in these two years? Because he's guaranteed to be in Cleveland for two more years. Will he win the title in the next two years? Maybe. No, give me a yes or no answer. 50%. Give me a yes or no answer. <laughs> will, will he no, win no. a title? Well, will he win a title? Six to one, half dozen to the other. Let, 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 me, let me talk you through this. Okay. All this right. year, I do not think the Cavs are going to win it. Why? Because of the super team. Okay. Um, the second year, though, maybe, but I can't give an answer only because what it's would, one of those things. I don't know what's going to happen what, next offseason. I, I would think you would say the super team needs a year to gel almost, Mm-mm. so this would be the best chance to strike now. No, I don't think what, that's... I think the super team wins it this year. They win it at all. What would be your push for... Like, what, what would they need to bring in in 2017, that, that free agency, to say that they could win the title? Russ. 
Russ? Maybe. <laughs> Russ, Russ just signed an extension. Russ isn't going anywhere. I know. I'm just... See, it's just... I'm gonna Being say, a dick. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards no, but I'm gonna say if they do, it's gotta be that second year. It's not gonna be this year. Will he win another title, Dave? Uh, in Cleveland, in, in the Cleveland, next two in years. the next two years. No, no, they're done. They're uh, done. I, I don't think they win another championship. They done so. Warriors sweep in the next two years. I think it's hard to see any other team competing against that. That is just ridiculous. I would I would probably say it's more likely that the Cavs get bounced in the Easter Conference Finals than that you win the finals in the next two years just because of that super team. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think I agree, I agree with Dave. If they're going to win it any year, it's going to be this year. Whether this team's more younger, whether this team's younger. I mean, Kyrie's going to be hitting more of his prime then, but Kay Love's going to be older. Tristan Thompson's going to be older. LeBron's even going to be older. Uh, you're going to deal with more cap problems the next year, so you're not really sure how much of that team you can bring back this right. year with the super team possibly not gelling or an injury. I think this this would be the only chance he has. My hope I'm is still like say no, they, though. for some awful reason, pass KD the ball late and he chokes again like he's known to do. And then, that. you know, Cleveland takes another championship. Speaking of the Warriors and Cavs matchup, because we both agree that, we all agree that he's most likely not going to win just because the Warriors are stacked. But we, if we do look ahead and we look at this season, on the 25th, on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. we got the Warriors and Cavs matching up on Christmas Day. How do you like the Christmas Day matchups before before when we get into this, this season preview? How do you like the Fucking Christmas Day matchups? Fucking love them. I love them. And it's like the only one that I'm kind of like, eh, about is the LA-LA matchup. Only because really? The, well, okay. Well, the Clippers are going to be good. Ben Simmons, by that time, I hope that he's kind of revved up enough to be a viable rookie star. Yeah, he won't be on the, any of those teams, though. Yeah, he yeah. won't be, like, on the... Like, <laughs> I wow, was going to say, we, yeah. haven't, we haven't had him, like, man, he's really got to get it going by Christmas. But Ben Simmons isn't playing Christmas Day. Yeah. I meant Brandon Ingram. Okay, That's what go. I meant. There Brandon you Ingram. You guys know what I fucking no, meant. No, we didn't. No, that, no, we were that, very confused. Like, Sixers aren't playing. That's the game that I'm iffy about. Fucking Boston, New York's going to be great. The wannabe 2011 super team against good Boston... You get the finals rematch. You get Paul Gasol bringing his old team into San Antonio. That's going to be a good one. And you get the young stars of Minnesota going up against the Westbrooks. My favorite one outside of Golden State and Cleveland, because, I mean, that one's going to yeah, be— we got the rematch. It steals yeah. the K. That's going to be a great, steals great the K. matchup. Uh, I, I think it's actually that Minnesota-Oklahoma City game, because you get to see Russ, solo Russ. We'll see We'll see yeah. what Russ can do by himself, and then you get that young star in Minnesota. You get to see what Carl Anthony Downs can do. The next generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that that next generation is getting a big game like this, and it's the 8 o'clock slot, too, because let's be honest. You're watching that goal— if you're a regular fan, not myself, because I'm a Bulls fan. That 2.30 you're, start. You're going to watch that 2.30 game. You're going to eat whatever dinner you got and then fucking digest and watch T-Wolves Thunder. What yeah. is going to be the the best Christmas Day game? And will the – well, okay, we both think it's the Cavs and Warriors. But uh, will the Golden State Warriors win on Christmas Day? Do you think that's going to—I want I want to see a prediction there. Will Golden State beat, yeah. beat the Cavs? Yeah, yeah, Golden State I got winning. Yeah, only because it, it, don't expect the exact same kind of drama that we got in the finals. LeBron had to build up and go like Super yeah. Saiyan to mm-hmm. like absolutely be like, yeah, there's a lot of talk about the best player in the league. I know there's a whole unanimous MVP going on outside of this thing, but I just want to remind you guys that I am the greatest player mm-hmm. to play this game right now. Well, just, and it's just, just a reminder. It's just, a, is it going to be a big game? Yeah, but it's just, I think that— 
a normal player is not going to rev up as much for this than right. they would an NBA Finals no. game. And it's going to be in Cleveland. Especially when you're down 3-1. It's going to be in Cleveland. Warriors have a tendency to just blow people out in the regular season. I think they're going to continue on that this year. I think they're going to pick up weren't exactly we all where they hyped, left off. Weren't we all hyped for this game last year and the Warriors blew them out? Yeah. It was a little dirty. Right, I mean, well, yeah, it was a record I honestly think the worst season. game of the day is the Bulls Spurs. I would say so too. I'm not that excited for that one. I'm excited to watch Nick Celtics because I mean, you've got every big name New well, York is Derek brought Rose, in. Is Derrick Rose playing? Derrick Rose game. will be playing. I'll, is he playing? I'll, that I'll game? guarantee that for They're you. Gonna is, he gonna blow out a, is he going to blow out a knee? Or two? They're resting him. him the first like <laughs> thirty games. That's yeah. his first game of the season. Yeah, that's but his no, first game this Bulls Spurs game is just going to be kind of disappointing because. In no all likelihood. No, yeah. uh, no, uh, Tim Duncan anymore. You're yep. gonna have Paul Gasol, who's, I mean, yeah, yeah, and you got Jimmy, uh, Kawhi as well. But I mean, yeah, Paul, it's basically Jimmy versus Kawhi, and that's not that exciting. We got D-Wade defense on defense, yeah. Well, yeah, there's gonna be no defense. No, and... no, it's all defense. That, that's Jimmy and Kawhi. Oh, no, but I meant just that it's for the Chicago Bulls. In oh, yeah, it's gonna we're be pretty like, fucked. Yeah, it's gonna be like no defense and just drive. But on the, the upside, they have Paul Gasol, so if we only had a big who could abuse them offensively, we don't have one. Bobby Portis, he could develop by that time. I mean, Bobby he looked Portis. good in the summer league. I know we were the older. The yeah, he dominated a bunch of eighteen-year-olds. No, year I, know, olds. I know, I know. I'm not saying that. <laughs> let's take it for what it is, not is. But I know. I'm just saying, as a Bulls fan, we all know how weak Paul Gasol is on defense. Yeah. But statistically, he's up there. And because, we got Rolo you know, now. We got Rolo down low, baby. You got yeah. stop. trying to bring in some you, hype. You trying to stop. bring in some okay. hype. All right, oh, here, let's go. Kidding. Let's go to some real hype and a team that can actually back it up. Golden State. Last year, they set the record, seventy-three and nine. What games are they losing? Let's do that. How about they're playing 82 games? You got 82 games to go through. What games can they lose? Because we think they're a super team. Zero. I mean, it's ridiculous. Zero. They're, they're going to lose. They're going to lose a game. Winning them all. They're going to lose a Calling game. Calling it now. Win them all. <laughs> what first team in NBA history? What, what, the best. What, what part of their schedule do you think they're most vulnerable to to kind of lose a couple games? Because they're going to lose some games. They're not going to go undefeated. We all know that. They're not going to go undefeated. But what part of that schedule do you think it's going to be that beginning half where they start off against San Antonio, where it's going to Kind of the opener San Antonio is going to be a good like gauge because they'll know right away. It's like San Antonio has great defensive uh, ability with Lamarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard, but again their backcourt we watch them get abused by Russ. So I mean, if you go Clay Thompson and Steph Curry out there, they're just getting fucked. No offense, but San Antonio I think is going to be at a loss and they're they're going to lose by twenty plus. So you this, think they're going to be hitting on all cylinders yeah, right away? It's just a matchup that. There's nothing that San Antonio can do to stop that backcourt. Yeah. I mean, they, but they did they did it last year. I mean, they were able to switch well. They were able to, right. to well, switch put, and put— They put uh, Kawhi up there uh, to help out defensively, and yeah. that did help. But now you're in Kevin fucking Durant? You can't have Kawhi guard three people. That's fair. Like, that's <laughs> just not a thing. Okay. Tinfoil hat. You ready for this? Yeah. It's going to be—the date's going to be March 8th. It's going to be 62-0 Warriors coming, coming home after— just demolishing the Atlanta Hawks with uh, really? Dennis Schroeder. Boston comes into town. It's Boston, then at Mini, at San Antonio. That's the three-game stretch. Boston don't do it. Minnesota will do it. And if Minnesota don't do it, the Spurs will do it. And that is at, at San Antonio and at yeah. Minnesota. That, that's the three-game stretch. Now, the 62-0, and 0, I tried to do the math to figure out they wouldn't lose a game. They'll probably lose a game before that, but that's the three-game stretch where it's like, Boston played us pretty tough, especially when we were at our house. 
and Minnesota's going to be better, and the Spurs are pretty damn good. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that first about ten games is going to be the yeah. struggle. Because I mean, you got the Lakers in there. Well, I think I think that Portland ass. OKC to the Lakers combo. Like, okay, by the Lakers, they're gonna lose. Okay, I, okay. I wish right, this was let a me, video let, so we could see the <laughs> smile that you have on your let, face. All right, let me. All right, I think I think San they won last year. San Antonio <laughs> is a team that yes, they lost a lot. They lost they lost Tim Duncan. But, and everybody gets older. But everyone does get older, okay? But but again, this team might not be clicking on all, on all cylinders in the first game. So we, we might not see. KD has been significant for, you know, shooting like see, 0 for 27. Well, and that's a thing I, I think is getting relatively blown out of the water, which is it this is, whole, but oh, everyone this needs team, this click. And, you have to find, you, it, this is a team where you have to exaggerate Katie, every single weakness do. to find some weakness. Katie is going to fit in fine. And it's a rim protector because they, they lost both. Like, That's why I was going to bring up the second game no, too. because Nothing is going to be AD. catastrophic for this team. By game two, he's probably still healthy too. Yeah. I mean, by, <laughs> by game two, New Orleans might be giving him some trouble. So I think that first like five games, so you got San Antonio who can kind of maybe beat you up down low and maybe do some rim protectors. You got New Orleans who has AD who's the be- one of the best centers power We've been forwards in the league. Yeah. There. Maybe yeah, this will be his jump. You. Phoenix isn't going to be trouble. Uh Portland though, you got a great backcourt and, and DJ and uh, not DJ and uh, Dame, Dame and CJ. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Russ. You got and then Russ you got the, in the Lakers game. playing cleanup crew. No, <laughs> they're just gonna they're gonna you, walk in town and be like. Psh, then got you got this. Russ, and Russ is gonna be pissed off. We might see the the first quad double in like forever, uh, and we do might see think, Russ put up fifty. Do you think Russ plays more aggressively on the road at Golden State? Like, man, oh, I he's gonna beat, he, every I single beat time you, he sees KD on the matter here, or is it gonna be you know this what? Is, I want to beat you. This in is a our bull, house. This is a bull seeing red. Every four games, he is going to look at KD, stare him, just stare him down every single chance he can get. And just... While Steph Curry's in front of him or Clay Thompson's in front of him? And, well, I'm saying like during a timeout break, oh. anything. He's looking across yeah. the bench, just staring at KD, See, and that's giving gonna, him the and dead that's, eyes. That's going to be the thing because I think KD not even going to pay attention. Like KD's just going to be worried like, yeah, I'm with my boys. And I'm just I, have fun and win I, games, I just, man. I seriously think that every – like. When they lose that first game, let's say it is that second game against the Pelicans. When they lose that first game, no matter when it is, everybody's going to blow up. Like, oh, look at them. The super team lost. Guess what? They're not going to win every single game. There may be some rough patches in this season because guess what? Every team has rough patches in their season. I mean, after they lost that first game to the Bucks last year, it was kind of like a there were some rough patches where it's like, oh, okay. This team kind of slips. It wasn't as magnified because they were still a really good fucking team. I just think we're blowing it out of the water with this, uh, oh, they need time to gel and this and that. Again, we they're, have to blow stuff out of the water because this team good, does not have a weakness on they're paper. They're all good. Well, down low, that's the weakness. However, yeah, barely. the thing that is going to be different, and I think everyone's like, oh, well, that's the weakness. That's the weakness. Well, when you're playing a seven-game series against them, you can exploit that a little better. When you're just passing through, like, oh, we're playing them this game, we, we're we not going to see that same kind of intensity we would if someone's playing a seven-game series against them. 
All right. All right. Uh, I can sort of agree with that. But I, yeah. No, I, I can agree with him. But again, my point is, I mean, this team doesn't have th- that many yeah. weaknesses on paper. I'm, I'm I mean, just, that, that's why I'm trying I'm to just, exaggerate. Just speak that, in my mind here. That you got to, you got to, they're, they're going to have to have some time yeah. to gel because we saw that in Miami and that KD has been significant for missing shots. Same with Clay and, my, and Curry as well. Miami, we saw that as well. Miami, though, was a different situation because they had a little bit of cockiness they had to get over. The not one, not two, well, not that, three. Well, it's, and it's more of they didn't play together outside of the All-Star game. All, all three of those guys in never played all you're doing is adding KD into also this. also had a rookie head coach that first year in Miami so, uh, yeah I mean I'm not saying that I'm just again trying to find yeah. some weakness some kind of pattern yeah. that we see with these super teams because on paper there's no weakness I mean you could say rim protector but then again you got four other guys that can shoot the lights out and you got Draymond Green and Clay Thompson who are two like mm-hmm. some of the best defenders in the league and KD is lanky as hell so clearly the answer is Sacramento is going to challenge them Sacramento thank you Dave I was just working there Papa, Papa Giannis, Giannis. <laughs> He's gonna. He's they're gonna, gonna be, four centers, <laughs> four centers on the court. Collison, four centers. That's Co- how they do. Collison, you got Boogie at the two. You got uh, Costa <laughs> Kubos at the three. At the you two. got Collie Stein at the four, and then you got Papa Giannis at oh the five, God. just roaming back and forth, just looking for something. He's not gonna play offense at all. He's sticking back on defense. That's that's my goal. Four men in the paint. It's a legit strategy. <laughs> it's like in uh, grammar school when you're like up twenty-seven to nothing, and they're like, All right, "You got to stay inside the arc. Yep. You got you to stay in that box so you, you can let the guy shoot." Oh my That's god! That's basically what they're gonna do. Anyways, let's move on. We could talk about you know every single game here, but we don't want to talk about what whatever eighty-two times thirty uh, is. It's a so lot of games. yeah, it's a lot of games. But we're gonna move on to the part that we've all been actually waiting for to talk about, and this is going to be the power rankings for the point guard position. And we're gonna do every single position. We're also gonna be doing uh, six man. That's gonna be going along with our division preview. So uh, watch out for those. So we're gonna be doing point guards, shooting guards, small forwards, point. Not, nope. Power forwards, Aye. centers, and uh, six man. Dave wrote centaurs, so I was about to say centaurs. <laughs> but let's get into the, uh, the the top thirty. This is just uh, starting point guards. Uh, starting point guards for point guards. What are your thoughts on on just all of these thirty? Uh, there's a. It was actually really hard to do this because yep. I kind of was going along and like you know filling in. Some are obvious, some are less so. Mm-hmm. Like that ten to twenty five area is just a muddled mess of names. Because, you know what, when you look at point guards in today's NBA, there's a big difference in, like, play style between, like, the guys who are just pure, like, old-school point mm-hmm. guards and then this new age of point guard that we've become accustomed to today where they're, like, a me-first point guard, they're jacking up shots, you know. Honestly, from our 26 to 1, I wouldn't be mad with any of these guys on our team. Obviously, I would pick one over the other, but if I'm like, all right, this guy's my starting point guard, I wouldn't be that mad. It obviously depends who he's the next to. You can to. survive with that, yeah. Yeah, it obviously depends who he's next to, but I mean, this, the point guards in the NBA are loaded. I mean, there's a lot of good point guards in the NBA, so this one was really difficult. All right, so, so who's in, who's not in that 26 to 1 is the question. Uh, well, uh, we all Don't agree. Don't make the cut. We all agree. Well, some of us agree, uh, but somehow uh, this guy ends up at uh, 30. It's Michael Carter-Williams of the Bucks. Uh, he received five total points. Points. Ricky had him last, and Dave and I had him at 29th. And also, if you do want to check out these power rankings, we're going to post them on our website. The link will most likely be in the description as well. Mostvaluablepodcast.com, baby. And Boom. we will also uh, we, we also used real GMs uh, starting lineups. But anyways, mm-hmm. Michael Carter-Williams is the worst point guard in the NBA in our minds. And I, th- I think it's uh, – we, we had Jared Bayless, Dave and I did. Yeah. But, I mean, Michael Carter-Williams was second Techni- worst. Because technically, he's probably going to get outshined by Giannis, who's going to be the point forward. So mm-hmm. it's one of those, like, asterisk situations where – where, yes, Michael Carter Williams is technically listed as your starting point guard, but true to the role, he will not be. And he's he's athletic and, and he's good driving the basket, but he shoots twenty five percent from three. So if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be a, not even the point guard, and you're gonna be a guy who's gonna be 
getting the ball past to him. Space. You're, you're fucking things up. You're not going to be able to shoot the ball. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if Delhi ends up being the, the end up starting point guard because he can shoot. And if they're going to run with Delhi's Giannis, he's been lighting up in the Olympics. He has. Making the case. So I, I wouldn't be really shocked if, if Michael Carter Williams isn't the starting point guard for the Bucks after like 20 games. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really shocked there. And then Jared Bayless, he's a really good role player. Yeah. But then again, he's not going to be an actual point guard. Yeah, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, between Mike Carr Williams, Jared Bayless, um, and even some of the names a little bit further up, I would rather have Sean Livingston as my starting point guard than these guys. Jared I wouldn't Bayless, disagree. Yeah, I would even put him as a six-man. He, he's a role player. Yeah. He, he can soak up some minutes. He's a role player who can shoot from deep. R- Ricky, what are, you, what are your kind of thoughts, and what, what kind of shocked you out of, the, out of our uh, top 30? Well, my thing with the top 30, I had him originally a little bit too high. You guys talked me down. I had him at 23 when I finished, but Emmanuel Moutier. It was one of those things where, I mean. <laughs> Ricky, where did you originally have Moutier? At first, yeah, I be honest. I can't even I think it was like 12. No, you remember. It was 11. It was, it was no, because I had D. Russell at yeah. 11. Okay. Moutier yeah, was 12. Get it right. Get even it right. better. No, no, no. But it was one of those things where I looked at it and I went, oh, it's probably because of like all the hype that I still have for him yeah. coming out of the draft and stuff. So. I eventually had him fall lower, and overall he fell to, what, 26th overall? 26. There's a lot of potential. No one's going to take that away and from I him. Want, I want to rank him high just because I oh I like his future. And this isn't where we end. he's going to end up at the end of the season. We this think is he's coming gonna, into. Yeah, this is yeah. coming into the season. We think he's the 26th wor- or best point guard or fourth worst or fifth worst point guard. But, again, he's still developing. He's still a young kid, and he obviously showed a lot of potential. So yeah. it's not like we're there trashing were flashes, him. flashes, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and same with D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell ended up around 20. So and I, and he really didn't get that time to play, but I mean, what what he shows on the court when he does play, I mean, that's that's really yeah. why he's up there. Uh, what else kind of shocked you? Like, what kind of older guys w- w- near the middle? Now we'll we'll kind of move our way up. It was and they're listed. They're one after another on our rankings. It was Rondo was tough for me. I thought I had him too high. Rose was like, do I give you what you could be? Do I give you what I think you are right now? And then Dennis Schroeder, it's like, okay, now you're the man in Atlanta. Where do we rank you? Yeah, that that was an interesting decision because both Rondo and Rose came off really good last seasons. Uh, Rose, healthy f- from the uh, from the midpoint on, <laughs> really turned up. I think it was shooting just shy of fifty percent. Um, and you know, going into next season, coming off of that high streak, lots of lots of good feelings for him. As long as he stays healthy and this new you know two thousand eleven Super Team does well, Rondo on the other hand goes from a team where he got to dish the ball to Boogie all day stack up those assists and, you know, actually led the league in assists. Now he's coming to a team that is, you know, four out of five, my whole job is to drive to the basket. Well, you yeah. know, so, the way you guys we'll think see. about it, it's a hockey town here in Chicago, so you, you do that double assist thing. I don't thing. Know about that. Listen, just listen. You're just wrong, listen. But, okay. fan saying Listen, this. listen. He passes out to Wade. Wade drives, passes it to Butler. He still gets the assist because of the double assist, the hockey yeah, reference. Yeah, but we're playing there. basketball here. It, yeah, it, it was a really bad reference. The Hawks are better than the See, Bulls. That's what I'm trying to say, Okay, Sean. but it's still not a hockey town. We're yeah, still I, not a hockey I town. I still think it is. <laughs> no. no. Mm-hmm. The Bulls are still— uh, The bull, I, the I, Bears are more popular the than The fair weathers are strong here in Chicago. Okay, but the Bears are then still the, more popular than the Cubs are the Hawks. most popular by far. Cubs, yeah, as well. Yeah. So, I I mean, I'm a Sox fan, and I understand that. Cubs are still the most popular team, even though they haven't won since 1908. But anyways— uh, yeah, no, but the thing with Rondo and Rose is they can either move up a ton or they could be at the bottom of the list by the end of the year just because of injuries yeah. and how many question marks are around their team. Because Rondo, I mean, like we said, all of their jobs basically on the, on the, in the starting lineup is to get to the hole 
and all of them doing that, it's going to kind of take away your assist numbers. And I mean, it's funny. We're talking about two guys in 2008, put them in the top 15, maybe the Ronda Rose matchup for sure. was legendary in that first round playoff game. And now think about it. Our first what, round of playoffs, I should say. Eight, the entire round was Eight beautiful. years later, we're thinking, ugh, 17, 18 on our rankings? Not exactly where Derrick Rose is hoping to be. <laughs> I want to talk about really quick before we get into the top 10, 11 through 16 or 11 through 15, mm-hmm. what guys kind of surprised you and what guys do you think could make the next jump into that top 10 and what guys do you think can fall out completely down? Because right now at 11, we have Reggie Jackson. Yeah, and that's the guy I wanted to throw out there because okay. Reggie Jackson for you guys, you guys both had him in your top 10 Yeah, at number 10. I had him at 13. He was a guy that I had a lot lower to at first when I first put the rankings, because I just went through the point guards, went, okay, this guy's above this guy, this guy's above this guy, and then really went into, okay, I got to move him up, got to move him down. I think part of it's emotional. Is he I, is I he really a that. top 10 point guard coming into this season? I think with his performance last year and that he's just going to get better because he's just getting older and more close to his prime. Yeah. Drummond's just getting the older team, and better. The team to is growing prime. together. That's what, that's what I think Sean and I both look at is this is a, a Detroit team on the upswing, they've got all their core is in the same rough age bracket. So, look, they're going to grow together. They're going to get better together. And he had a really good season last year. And now he gets even better. And his backup is even good, Nish Smith. I just got to throw Ish in there because, you know, I'm an Ish <laughs> fanboy. But, no, I, I really think that, like, he has potential to continue growing. I think he is He's definitely on the right track. A guy who I don't know about in that uh, section we were talking about is actually Ricky Rubio. Who I know Minnesota fans. I look. I wanted to put Chris Dunn in him. there. I wanted. Oh, I wanted asshole. to just be Chris Dunn instead of Ricky Rubio. But yeah, that, that's Ricky I mean Rubio, Rubio still is, is a fifteen. Still, yeah, he, he's he's a floor general. He directs traffic. He is a pure passing mm-hmm. point guard. He can drive. His shot is shit, and we all know it. But look, <laughs> he's still a very good point guard. And and I'm a little worried because of Chris Dunn coming into town. Mm-hmm. That you know the clock is now on Ricky Rubio for chasing him out. How much longer is he going and, to be? And Ricky can play decent defense as well. Yeah, so he I mean, he, he's he's not like he's a he's a you know kind of a, a downside of this Timberwolves team. But, you know, looking at the future, Chris Dunn will fit this team better for the future. And that, that's yeah. kind of what we're going for. And I think I think Rubio can stay around that. Even if he goes to a different team, I think he can stay around that 15 area. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's going to he's gonna drop off. I think the guy that's really going to drop off is Brandon Knight because, you know, while, while you did talk us into, Dave completely talked us into putting uh, Brandon Knight pretty high. Uh, I, yeah. I just stats had Brandon, did speak for themselves, though. I had I Brandon mean, Knight outside the one 16, team, but yeah. I think he's going to fall I think he's kind of going to be in that Derrick Rose thing where injuries are just going to completely hamper his career. I think that's really going to be the downside of Brandon Knight. I think he's going to fall out as well because this Suns team isn't that good. Why why are you so high on Brandon Knight, really? Uh, Honestly, his stat line was pretty good from last year, but the the more important thing is his play style really fits well to this uh, Phoenix Suns team, and they're adding a lot of young guys around him. So the weight is still going to be mostly on Brandon Knight and I guess still Devin Booker can continue growing. We saw a lot of good things out of him. I think he's one of the highest mm-hmm. like second-year players we're looking at you know, to kind of grow. So, look, the the nice thing about Brandon Knight, the little asterisk you put next to him is, well, you know, you got Eric Bledsoe behind him too. Yeah. So between the two of them, they're going to play 82 games. You even got Tyler Ewis behind that. And that's well, what I was going to say. That yeah. may even change because it may end up just being Knight one with Tyler Ewis behind him. One of them may get This traded. might be the Isaiah Thomas effect here where Isaiah, oh Isaiah got pushed out of uh, Phoenix before they moved <laughs> him. Uh, let's actually talk about uh, Isaiah Thomas. We'll go into the top 10 here. Dave and I both did not have him in our top 10, but somehow he still ends up at our top 10 because Ricky had him, him at Ricky seven. Math. Ricky, Ricky Math had, right there. Ricky had him at 7. R- Ricky, why do you have him above uh, at least at 7? Well, it's one of those things where I think that when I look at Isaiah Thomas, I think one of the best point guards in the league. 
Of course, he's not going to be better than a Steph. He's not going to be better than a Russ. But the ones that I looked at was Kemba Walker, Mike Conley, and even John Wall. I know John Wall's kind of the iffy one for is he going to be above or below, but I that was the big one where it was like, you know what, he's better than Conley, he's better than Walker, and then it was flip the coin, you know what, I'm going to put him ahead of John Wall. But what, is what he ab- really? Yeah, is he really? What What about Isaiah Thomas makes him better than John Wall, first off, and Kemba Walker and Mike Conley? I just, I what look about at him and name? I just see, Sell like, it. and maybe it's Yeah, you got to talk us in here. Maybe it's for me the, also it could be the Washington Wizard effect of it's like John Wall on a crappy team. I'm not saying John Wall's not a good point guard. It's just one of those things where I look at Isaiah and I go, that's the guy. For me, I'd rather have him at point guard. That's the guy I'd rather have. All right, and this is his first season or for the rest of their yeah. career? Because, I, mean, I mean, John Wall, again, well, is on when, a bad team. Well, when you look at the two, the shooting percentages are comparable. The points are comparable. It's just John Wall gets more rebounds and, and has more steals. And more assists. Yeah. So literally, in but John, okay, Wall, John Wall has okay, okay, four players who has ten assists. But let me throw this in, and this is right. what you said at the beginning, Dave. The point guard position has changed where it's not— Assists aren't the end-all, be-all now for point guards like it used to be. It used to be, point guard, how many assists do you have per game? Now, yeah. like, we're looking at fucking Steph Curry each and every night. And nobody, yeah, he does have the assist numbers to back it up because of the team he plays on, but nobody's talking about how many assists he has per game. It's how many points he has per game. Field goal percentage-wise, they literally make 7.2 a game. Both of them <laughs> are around 7.2 or 7.4. The difference between those two players... Isaiah Thomas gets to the line more, and that's where he's getting those three extra points per game. That's really the biggest difference between John Wall and Isaiah Thomas. And I'm not saying and, there's a huge difference I, between them. I had him literally 7-8. John Wall's a 6-4 point guard who is a bull going to the basket. Yeah, and More he's smooth in transition, too. Smooth in transition. Wasn't playing without his best shooter in Bradley Beal. I mean, I have no way, reason why he wouldn't be in the in the top five. I have him in the top five at top four. You have John Wall down at eight. So let's 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 give out the top ten right now, mm-hmm. and, and then we'll, we'll discuss. So top ten, uh, the tenth player is Isaiah Thomas, basically because Ricky had him at seven. Dave and I both had him at 11. Then we go to number nine, Mike Conley. We all had, him, all had him at nine. <laughs> that was kind of beautiful. There was He's no the, I'm not an all-star, but I'm close. <laughs> yes, and Mike Conley at nine. Kemba Walker at eight. I had Kemba Walker at eight. Uh, Rick, Dave had him at seven. Ricky had him at ten. Uh, then we go up to seven. This is where people might get upset here. Seven, Kyle Lowry. Uh, I had him at uh, I had him at six. Dave had him at eight. He's and, in my top five. And, and Ricky had him in his top five. Six was John Wall. John Wall was four for Dave and I. John Wall was eight for Ricky. Then we sit at five. Five is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was seven for me, six for Dave, five for Ricky. Three for me. Kyrie, three. Oh, three. three. My bad. Yeah. I, I read Kyle Lowry's name. So three for Ricky. <laughs> then we go to Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard sitting at four. I have him at five. Dave had him at five. And Ricky had him at six. Three was Chris Paul. Dave and I both had him at, again, We Agree Podcast. Jeez. Dave and I had him at three, and Ricky had him at four. Russ across the board at two, and Steph across the board at two. Or uh, Steph across the board at one. Obviously, we all think Steph is the best point guard. We all think Russ is the second best mm-hmm. point guard. Where do you think that the, the where, where do you think we really got wrong? Because we have a three-way tie here at four. We have Dame, Kyrie, and John Wall. Who do you think should really be that true fourth best point guard? Depends what you want in a point guard. Because look, when you when you take a look at these three players, they all bring something different to the table. Look, Ky- Kyrie Irving can play hero ball among the amongst the best of us. Mm-hmm. He has no problem taking the big shots as we saw to end out the finals, and he can drive a team on his own. Damian Lillard, 
he is the closest thing we have to outside of Steph Curry to Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he jacks up shots. He's getting better and better every year. And on his own, uh, he had some success. But that addition of CJ stepping up really took his team to the next level. And Dame uh, did have LaMarcus Aldridge for most of his career Yeah, as that's well. true. That's true. But, I mean, it's a, it's a double, car, double guard backcourt that kind of helps out a lot, I think, mm-hmm. with these players. And then John Wall, again, John Wall, I think, is... I'm with you, and I have the highest of thoughts for him because he kills it across the board, the stat line. And if he had a healthy Bradley Beal, he would be set. I mean, this Washington team would be a totally different team. Look at Looking at Kyrie and, and John Wall, there's no reason why John Wall should be below Kyrie Irving because if you and if you want to throw in the playoffs and, and his, just Kyrie was, yeah. Kyrie was on I the better team, you could yeah. say that as well. But John Wall averaged more points per game. He had 19.9. Kyrie had 19.6. And again, you're playing with LeBron, so those numbers are going to be down a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, rebounds were higher for John Wall. Assists were way higher. Kyrie only averaging 4, 4.7. John Wall yeah. at 10. Better shooting percentage for John Wall. In, uh, I think uh, for at least three, uh, field goal was a little bit higher for Kyrie. Uh, but I mean, still, I would say John Wall is the fourth best point guard. And if you put him on a good team, he might beat Chris, Chris Paul there. Because I well, feel that, like that's dangerous. Because I think we, so we all agree Chris Paul is the third best. And it's kind best of that weird all thing. Point guard. Because, yeah, best two-way player. He, he is the closest thing we have to John Stockton in today's mm-hmm. day and age. He is amazing at the three. He mm-hmm. is the best floor general I think we've seen in our generation because there's no one who can direct traffic like him. He keeps everybody involved. He keeps the ball moving on their offense. And, look, on defense, he's tenacious. See, and with me, I had... Okay, I had Chris Paul different than you guys, obviously. I had him at four because I had Kyrie at... Three, but for me, it's just it's one of those things of when I went back to the Isaiah Thomas over John it's Wall what discussion. Want these days. It's what do I want in a point guard these days? And Chris Paul is good. Yes, he is. But if I'm looking Someone at a point great. guard, I I'm saying fuck it. I want to go with I want to go with Kyrie. That's not saying but, that Chris Paul sucks. But what are you four. looking for in a point guard? Because I just now, I, I, nowadays John I'm Wall looking every across the category. I'm I'm looking Except for, for big a guy, game shots. Well. That and playoff performance. That, yeah. adds, so, yeah. that playoff adds into it too because I. Yep. The one thing I'm gonna say it now. I'm actually making a change, a slight change to my rankings. I'm actually gonna switch switch Kyle Lowry and Dame. I'm gonna put Dame at five. So now Lowry we all have Dame at six. F- across we, the board of five. Well, and well, I'm thinking about it, and this had nothing to do with where you guys had him. I looked at it and I went, "Why do?" While you guys were talking, I'm thinking, "Why do I have Kyrie above of Chris Paul?" And it's like. Because you're out he your can, damn mind. I'm like, because he can make that last second shot. He has it in him. Dame, same thing. So that's why I'm up Chris Paul hit one. Ahead of, I'm not saying Chris Paul hasn't, but if I'm putting the ball in that last second, I'm going to put the ball in the hand of Kyrie. That's also why I'm going to switch Dame and Lowry right now. I mean, you're, you're th- throwing a wrench here in our, our rankings, but not, still. Yeah. I not, mean, not really, because how we had how <laughs> we had, really. wait, Because how we had it was... Literally because of the math, there's a three-way tie for four with Lillard, Irving, and Wall. Lillard now gets bumped up into fourth all by himself. I completely disagree. And then Lowry just moves down a point, but he doesn't move anywhere in the rankings. So now it's Lillard at four. A tie at five between Irving and Wall. Okay, so now yeah. we uh, now with with we, we got to give something to Kyrie because Kyrie is on a team with LeBron James. He's not going to be the focal point of a team, yep. and he's not a true point guard. 
I mean, he's not like the way the way he plays. He's basically like a Jared Bayless, where he is going to be the point guard on the depth chart, but he's the real point guard is going to be LeBron James. That offense is running through LeBron James. In crunch well, time. I mean, in crunch if, time. if that's the case, let's just put LeBron at the top for every single position. I mean, he can play all five. Can. But I mean, position wise, I mean, he does not play like a true point guard. And then if you look at him, I mean. He doesn't have the highest three-point percentage. He doesn't have the highest field goal percentage. He's not shooting Mm -hmm. over 45%. He doesn't really grab that many rebounds. I mean, Kyrie, if he was on his own team, I think he would still be up here. We saw him early in his career like that, and even then we didn't see him cover the board as far as the stat line goes. He had higher point performances in his second year than he did this year. Yeah, but it's still just a point of, yes, he can make big shots. Yes, he is reliable under pressure, but so is Chris Paul. And that's what blows my mm-hmm. mind. And it's just, and John Wall across the board is better than him. Well, and the thing that I go back to from what you said, Sean, is you say, oh, well, he's not the true definition of a point guard. But we've said so many times in this segment that the definition of a point guard has changed so much that when you're defining a true okay. point guard, let's, let's take that's a look not at our a point top, guard anymore. But look, let's, let's take a look at our top people. Steph Curry averaged, what, like seven assists last season? Westbrook ten, Chris Paul was at like eight probably. Mm-hmm. I'm just winging that one. I, I think I, I think it was yeah, a, about around ten. Stat. I think. And then John Wall was at ten. So I mean, out of those top guys, we're talking about people who are well Here, above five. Here's the thing. And Kyrie was on. It was at here's four. Here's the thing saying? I want to throw yeah, out there. Chris Paul had ten even. Here's, oh Jesus. Here's yeah. the disclaimer I want to throw out there about Steph Curry though. Is his a he's going out and getting the assists, or is that a the system and the team that he plays in caters to I think those it definitely assists. helps that, he still. plays hero ball. You can't tell me Kyrie Irving doesn't play hero ball. No, I'm not no, saying he Steph. doesn't. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about yeah, Steph. Steph. I'm sorry. I'm saying Steph, like that team, the Warriors, their whole philosophy revolves around passing, the extra pass, getting more people to touch the ball. In the playoffs, that's all they did, try to find the open guy yeah. to score. Yes, yeah, Steph Curry can hit any shot on the court. So are we saying if we plugged in someone else in that spot that they would well, have a similar performance to him? I'm not saying that. I'm just you saying, know, you're saying like... you're saying the system matters. So I mean, now I'm Russ saying Russ plug in another top KD, player. So I mean, I'm just saying overall with the assist numbers, yes, that Curry having the assist numbers he had matters, but... It also do we take do we take in a system for well then you gotta players? look at John Wall John Wall athletically up there with Russ I would say up there yeah, up absolutely. there with Russ for at least athletically uh, athletic uh, you know from an athletic standpoint <laughs> Jesus Christ from an athletic standpoint so I mean w- would that matter if John Wall was on a better team you put John Wall with a guy like KD does he put up more assist numbers does he put up more more points does mm-hmm. he have a yeah, similar I mean, you season gotta, to you Russ remember the guy who was getting the best benefit from John Wall last year was Martin Gortat. Yeah, like come on. I mean, Bradley Beal was injured, so you have Marcy. If you take out Bradley Beal out of that stat line, you have Marcin Gortat and Markeith Morris as your top two scorers, who are averaging thirteen and twelve. I mean, Otto yeah. Porter scored around ten. I mean, John Wall makes his team better, and he's not even on that good of a team to make them better. I mean, I would right now, I would put them near like, in playoff contention just because of John Wall. And if Bradley Beal stays healthy, I mean, this this backcourt is going to be like the Dame and CJ we see in Portland. Well, that's the thing. I'm telling you, every good point guard has a good second guard except for uh, Kyrie Irving, actually. That's that's the weird thing is. Mm-hmm. And and they've got a weird situation. And maybe Russ. Too. Well, now Russ. I, I, well, Russ with the Oladipo. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but having that second guard, eh, second guard in the backcourt, mm-hmm. I think helps out your game immensely. And look, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, traditional point guard to new age point guard where, you know, we have Steph Curry who, you know, per 48 would be jacking up like, what is it, 40 plus points a game, 42? 
something absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but when you can average, you know, 20 plus and then probably you want at least eight assists and like five plus boards. That's my ideal point guard. That's what I want to walk away with at the end of the day. And when you look at point guards, you also got to say who out of all these guys, who would I want to start a team around? Yeah. I would say it's got to be Steph. We've not seen a player like Steph, right. no matter the position. We've not seen a player like Steph who could shoot like he can, who could dribble like he can. Who could, I mean, he doesn't play the great defense, but still. I mean, system or no system, can still shoot the lights out. Mm-hmm. Russ would be two for me as well because, again, you look at a guy like Russ, freakishly athletic, can drive like a bull, and, and can play great defense. So so Russ would be two for me. Then I would maybe I would even put John Wall at three because Chris Paul— you need the, those other guys around him because Chris Paul, while a fantastic player, and, and while he showed that in New Orleans, if you put more guys around them, he yeah. pass the ball to. He's got a good make multiplier effect. Yeah, that, that's what it is. It's, I mean, John Stockton would have been a great player, but he had Carl Malone next to him. I mean, yeah. that that obviously helped that him as well. That makes the magic. So I mean, maybe maybe Kyrie would move up if, if we're also playing that logic as well. If I'm starting a team around that guy and that guy only, maybe Kyrie moves up. It, looking at this, who would you say is the most underrated point guard? Because we can actually say this: What guy are you like? He's that low. That he could he can make the highest jump because we can actually look at the rankings that we have. Oh, that's tough. I I really is this a guy like in the top ten that anywhere, can be up anywhere, anywhere that list. you that you should say it should be multiple levels higher than where he where he currently is because right define now define multiple how many spots we're talking <laughs> well, well a, a guy that you know it, it it could be any any way you take it this is basically how you define I'll the th- point guard I'll throw it out there then Jalen at twenty one Jeremy Lin has a could be to go could off, be higher yeah. than twenty one I had him. Um, Personally, as high as 17 on mine. He has a chance to go off. I mean, if he is running this uh, Nets team, we've seen what he can do at his best, and we've seen what he can do at his worst. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, look, his bottom end is he's still going to give you, probably with starting minutes, probably still like 14, you know, 5-5, five and five, which is fine. But if we can go get him to go off like he did before and he starts putting up, like, 19-7 and 10 or something crazy, like, that would be amazing, and he's got that potential, but I don't think he will. I, I, I don't think he's going to go off like that. Honestly, for me, the person I've got who's going to make the biggest jump this next year is probably D'Angelo Russell because I think full-time minutes, and with yeah. Luke Walton's system, I think they've got new talent in there. They've got Luke Walton guiding them. They've got veterans they brought in for the locker room. I'm sorry I'm a Lakers fanboy, but where he's at in the rankings right now, he's at 20. I think he can jump above a handful of guys. Him, him and Moody, I think, could take huge jumps. And again, this is just based off what they did last season and how well they can do this year. I, th- I still think that D'Angelo Russell and Moody can take big jumps, and I think they will take mm-hmm. big jumps, uh, just just based on how 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 much potential they do have. And maybe it's also thinking back to the Moody thing. Maybe it's just because of how much I got some I got some hype for Denver this year. Yeah, overall, and we talked about best, you know, the two guard mm-hmm. combo. He's going to have Jamal Murray who can shoot the yeah. lights out, and D'Angelo Russell has Jordan Clarkson, who I'm really high on. The one yeah. thing I find funny looking at our personal rankings, if uh, you just put all of them one next to the other and said pick out the Laker fanboy, people would think it was me. I had D. Russell as high as 14. Well, you're insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not entirely false, mm, but uh, I don't think. I don't think having him at 14 is that insane. I would I, I would say real quick the most mm-hmm. underrated point guard for me at least is Reggie Jackson. I think I think he could jump over. I think I think if we're saying you could start a team around any guy, I would probably take him over Mike Conley, Isaiah Thomas, and Kemba Walker. Not not maybe not Kemba. Kemba but maybe, see, I really like Kemba. I, I, think I do too. He's I, one of those I, guys I who's like fringe. Like he's just outside of this conversation we we're just having. I think Kemba is one of those guys that can jump 
really high or can mm-hmm. take a well, he's complete got, step He's got back. that lightning in a bottle kind of feel to him. Yeah. Like anything can happen when he's got the ball in his hands. And I got the biggest high from him. And I think it's because we watched him come in through college, watch all his college play, and mm-hmm. like he absolutely killed it. And like everybody was a huge fan. NBA, he's had some difficulties, but at the same time, he's continued to grow and get mm-hmm. better every single year. I got two. I don't know if they're overrated, underrated. I just want to throw them out there mm-hmm. and stick them to the board. George Hill at sixteen, Gordon Dragic at fourteen. Uh, Dragic, I want to I see like how Dragic. he. I want to see how well he can do without D Wade. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, we saw in Phoenix, he's a really good player. It's, it's not and like even, he's not a good player. Even down in Miami, he had some good synergy going with that team. But I think that team is just a question mark because of Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. If Chris Bosh is not healthy, he's going to have to step up huge, and he could that stat line could be crazy for him. If or he can Bosch completely comes, fall out. Yeah, I say, or he can just completely fall in the background and. This Miami team is just going to be like a question. It's just going to be like background noise. Like, that's yeah. all it is. George Hill doesn't thrill me. I'll be honest. He's just generic, average point guard. To me. I think new team, though, see, now see, in Utah. The thing is, is George Hill He's moves up. It's because his team will also move up. Yeah. I think George Hill is going to be ranked where how, how well his team does. Because mm-hmm. I don't think George, George Hill isn't the, the star of a team. He can't be the main focal point of a team. But he can be a really good player on a really good team is what, I, what I'm trying to say. I think, I think that George Hill is one of those guys that he won't be like, oh, wow, George Hill, look at him. Wow, oh, my God, this is insane. This is like, wow, this, this team just works very well in George Hill contributes to this team. I think I think that he will be a player that won't thrill anyone like you said, but 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 again will stay stay there. So I think I think Dragic and and Hill are, are placed well. I don't think they're overrated or underrated. I think Dragic can move up because he has the most ability to move up or he has the most ability to move down just because of the teammates around him and yeah. surrounding him in that situation. Real quick, I do want to throw out though, I think Isaiah Thomas is completely overrated. I think I think having him at at 10 is ridiculous. I put him at 11. To, to start <laughs> off, but I mean, still, I think I think he out of everyone, he might take the biggest drop because if you look at Isaiah Thomas, he had a standout year, standout year. But can he sustain that? And, and looking at Isaiah Thomas, I don't want to take anything away from him, but and, but I mean, he's not the greatest defender. I don't want to take anything away from him, but here, but let, let me knock you down. I mean, pegs. still, he had a great season, and I don't I don't want to like you know. Again, I'm not trying to shit on. Him. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but yeah. looking at first, him, I mean, it's the Magic. Now it's Isaiah Thomas. No, we've always, no, we've no I don't hate Isaiah Thomas. Celtics. The thing with Isaiah Thomas, I'm pulling your chain I, th- I, th- I think he I think he over succeeded and I think I think looking at his you know this team I think he was it's kind of a, a really good fit for him I think it's kind of that Steph thing where yeah he's getting seven assists but he's also playing with you know Clay Thompson Draymond Green I think that with Isaiah Thomas he's he's more of a product of uh of the systems he's been in because obviously he's shown that he can score in bunches but outside of that I don't think he's that great of a playmaker he's not that great of a defender he can't you know rebound at all because he's 59 I think I think that he's a really good scorer and he can get to the basket well and he's going to get to the line a lot because of his size but I think that I, I think that he might take a fall if that ability to drive falls down I think that's really where Isaiah Thomas can fall and that's fair I think one of the biggest surprises for me was kind of that realization that Tony Parker is over the hill. Yeah. Like, it's I, I knew he was never the the best guy on the Spurs, but he always contributed. And it always seemed like, yeah, he's still he's still guy. He's still pretty good. And at this point, I'm like, he's done. Like, he's just over the hill and done at this point. He's never really been a, a phenomenal talent. But at this point, I've got him like, very, very low. I think he's saying it like 24 for us cumulatively. But See, but I would still take him on my team. I, I still feel like a guy like Tony Parker can contribute he's in some ways. He's got that veteran savvy. He's got the Euro stuff. He can still get to the if he if he was to. my If he was my backup point guard, I'd love it. I would love if Tony Parker was my backup point guard. But having him as a starting point guard on a playoff team like San Antonio, mm-hmm. that worries me. And, and, and you know, he lost Tim Duncan. I know I know Tim Duncan wasn't, you know, lighting it up last year. But still, 
Uh, I, I just think that the San Antonio team will take a step back just because they are getting older. And this team, a lot of these players are getting older. Tony Parker obviously lost that athleticism and quickness that made him so great. And he's still, I, th- I still think he's going to be the starter in San Antonio. I don't think he's in question of losing his job. I still think he'll be very serviceable. But looking at like if he can make a big jump, I don't think he's going to make a huge jump up, and I don't think he's going to make a huge jump down. I think we, I think he's perfectly placed where he is because I think this is what Tony Parker is now. If you ask me, you know, seven years ago where Tony Parker is, he might be in top ten. I would say that because 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 Tony Parker has shown throughout his career that he he, he can work well with San Antonio. Four years ago, he was averaging twenty points a game. Mm-hmm. Now he's down to just under twelve. Cool, I did come season. in though. I, I understand that. I mean, the, their their roles shifted around because they got that big upburst of talent. But at the same time, it's like he's really taking the step. Uh, he's he's lost multiple steps at this point. He's getting older. Yeah, and, uh, that's it. Yeah. Anyways, it's sad. Final thoughts here. It is sad that people get older, and I think some people are overrated, some people are underrated, and we'll have a lot of disagreement. So if you do disagree, comment down below. And if you do want to check out the full rankings, go to mostvaluablepodcast.com. You can find out all top 30 of our rankings there. And join us next week where we'll be ranking the top 30 shooting guards in the NBA. And you can find all of that on mostvaluablepodcast.com, and you can listen to that full podcast next week on Blog Talk Radio, so don't forget to check out blogtalkradio.com slash Podcast. But that's going to wrap it up for Dave and Ricky. I'm Sean Anderson. You can check out all of our social media links in the description below. And also, if you're down there, check out our Patreon.com. If you want to support us in a uh, special way, check out Patreon.com slash Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you do not miss any of the great content that we're pushing out. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.